Right. Good morning. As I said, welcome. If it's your first time, it's great to have you with us. Uh, oh dear, what's going on here? Sorry, just getting to grips with the technology. Is it still sharing my slides? Can you see that? No. Okay. Not sure what I clicked there. Uh, if it's your first time with us, it's great to have you. Um, hopefully you're going to be, uh, you feel welcomed and uh, a bit later on, there'll be an opportunity to be prayed for if that's something you're interested in. Uh, or you can just hang around in this meeting a bit at the end of the sermon. We're going to go into breakout rooms. So if you're interested in being prayed for, then uh, you can go into one of those rooms. Or you can just stay in this main meeting. Don't join the breakout room and we can have a chat. And it'd be, I'd really like to get to know you and welcome you. Uh, we're in a series in the book of Exodus. Uh, we're sort of partway through that. We're probably coming up to about actually probably halfway through in terms of uh, the sermon series that we've been doing. So we're, we're sort of coming towards the back end of it now. Um, and we're at the point where the people of God, the Israelites, have been told to leave Egypt. Uh, so we had the Passover last week and, uh, sort of, and the, the plagues before that. But we're at the point where the people of God are leaving Egypt. And um, this is... Uh, <clears throat> An interesting little section, we're just focusing on a few verses, probably about uh, five verses today. Uh, and then next week, uh, Tom's going to be uh, doing the next section. But this, these verses are about making your presence known. And uh, if you can see this picture, this is uh, me when I had slightly longer hair a few months ago. Uh, this is me, my son Joseph, and my dad. And uh, if you know my dad, or if you've been in uh, an environment with my dad, He's someone who makes his presence known. That's sort of, uh, <laughs> he, he was in the quiz uh, on Thursday um, and, you know, there's only Andy speaking and then you hear one lone voice speak out, Andy, I'm in the wrong room. Uh, so even, even online, he makes his presence known. Um, but that's something that my dad, he's always been known for when I was, uh, that's the other one making his presence known, Joseph. Um, well, I can remember being 19 or uh, about 18, 19 and leading a small group, a home group in my, in my parents' house. And my dad was part of that group. And he sat in the corner and uh, he said, oh, I'm a bit of, he was doing this with his glasses. And he said, I'm a, I'm a bit of an introvert, really. Um, he was sort of, he had to make his presence known in the group. And I don't know if you know anyone like that. I know my brother has often said to me, you need to be careful when you're in a bad mood because everyone knows it, like your, your presence is felt. You, people can feel when you're, what kind of mood you're in. So hopefully um, I, that's not too often for people, but some people, they just make their presence known, don't they? And the passage that we're going to look at today is about God making his presence known to the Israelites. And so if you've got a Bible, uh, it'll come up on the screen, but if you've got a Bible, you can uh, turn to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. And we're going to read down to 22. Uh, and so this, this sermon is about the pillars of presence, the pillars of God's presence. So as I said, if you've got a Bible, Exodus 13, uh, and I'll start reading. It should be up on the screen there for you. It, is, it says this, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, the people will change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. 
and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, but Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, <clears throat> God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Sukkoth and encamped at Etham and on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. And so we have this pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of uh, fire by night and they're demonstrations of the, the tangible presence of God. And they're not the only ones, but they're the ones that are mentioned in this uh, this section of scripture that we're looking at, this part of the Bible. And so there's a there's a website here, which uh, if you uh, have uh, children, uh, they may want to, if you've got a second device, you can do this on a tablet or a phone. It's a website where you can do kind of a drawing, uh, not like this kind of drawing that I've got up there, but it's uh, like a sort of drawing with flames, fire type thing. So you can go there and if you send in your your best uh, pillar of fire or pillar of cloud, uh, we'll tr hopefully try and get them up on the screen maybe next week. Uh, so if you want to go and do it now and you send it to me on the chat, you can save a picture, a screenshot of your image. Um, you can send that to me and maybe we'll try and get them up at the end as well. But otherwise, send them in uh, for next week and we'll, we'll demonstrate them. We'll put them up. Uh, on there so it's, it's that's weavesilk.com uh so if, youngsters you can do that there if you get finished with your your sermon sheet that you've got but these these are demonstrations this is a demonstration of god's presence with the people of god there's a pillar of cloud it's very tangible that they something they could follow and then at night there's a pillar of fire um and this is a sort of quite an interesting representation i thought this was helpful in that god is omnipresent God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere all the time. And in many ways, that's something that's actually beyond our comprehension. We can't, we can't grasp that. We're, we can think about things in, in some ways. I can be present through uh, Zoom to some degree in your home, but I'm not really there. Whereas God is really there everywhere. And so this can be a hard thing for us to grasp as, as human beings. We're, because we're finite and we're limited, we can't be everywhere at once despite some people having a huge capacity and ability to multitask we can't be everywhere at once and actually that's something that we need to recognize and and, and be released in, in in many ways particularly at this point in time where people feel like oh, there's so much stuff i want to be with them i want to be with them actually there's a lesson for us to learn we can't be everywhere we can't do everything we are limited in our creativeness we are human beings with a body and we can only be in fully in one place at a time. And uh, <clears throat> God has always made his presence known on the earth in, in special ways. It, 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 he's, he's made himself tangible in certain places at certain times and in certain ways. And, and what we're looking at this morning is, uh, is those demonstrations of that. And so if you cast your mind back a few weeks uh, to, to BC before, before Corona, um, yeah, a few weeks BC before Corona, when we looked at Moses and he encountered God in the burning bush, God revealed himself in a tangible way. So the omnipresent God 
was present in a tangible sense in that um, in that sort of manifestation, that demonstration of his presence. And as we go along, as we go along in Exodus, we'll see a bit later on in uh, Exodus 24 that God meets Moses on the top of a mountain. The, the mountains are in that background of the image that we uh, have sent, that we've sort of used as the background uh, for the sermon series. That's the mountain that, that God met Moses on, Mount Sinai. And it says this, that Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. There's a there's a, a point in time coming where God meets with Moses to to give the commandments, to give the laws of Israel. And he meets in a cloud and actually from the, the people of Israel are looking up at the mountain and it looked like a fire. So God speaks out of the cloud, out of the fire. There's this, this sense of cloud and fire being demonstrations of God's presence. And again, uh, a bit later on uh, in Exodus, it says that Moses, when he went to the, the tent uh, of meeting, so the place to meet with God and the tabernacle, it says this, that Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would decide, hang on, I can't see my slides properly. Someone's sending a chat message and it's flagging them out. There you go. Okay, that's better. So a bit later on in Exodus, it says the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter because of the cloud that had settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle day and fire was in it by night and in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So there's this sense of uh, the presence of God being with them and directing them and leading them through, uh, through uh, this pillar of cloud, through this demonstration of cloud and fire. And so God's presence often appears uh, as a re revelation of his glory or character or might or majesty. There's an aspect of some demonstration of who God is through these things. And so we have these two demonstrations, as you can see, the, the cloud and the fire next to each other on the, the picture there. But I think this image is helpful because they aren't distinct things. They're not, it's not, they're not completely separated from one another. It's, it's a bit like two sides of a coin, you know, uh, it's a, a cliche analogy almost but a coin i was just thinking about it a coin is made of the same material it's the same material it's the same has the same properties it's got the same uh hardness to it but it's it, there's these two different aspects two different views that you can have the cloud and the fire like just like a coin and so uh, this morning i want to try and unpack a little bit what does it mean the cloud and what does the fire mean and and what's the point of those things and so uh I don't want to over egg the pudding as it were and, and make too much of a deal out of the, the cloud and too much out of the fire and and oh they mean exactly this they're demonstrations of God's presence and so we need to not uh, lose their harmony and the fact that they're sort of connected and they're together and it's ultimately what this is doing is showing us something of God's presence uh, with the people of God and so we're going to look at the cloud the fire 
and the point. Uh, and so the cloud <clears throat> often, not always, but often it represents the, the glory of God. Um, and it speaks of God's closeness and intimacy. And it's often in a context of worship that there, the cloud is there. And so uh, when the cloud was on the tabernacle and Moses would go in there, it says Moses would speak to God as a friend, face to face as a friend. And so there's this idea of closeness and proximity that comes from that. And uh, at times it has like an intensity to it. I, I, it's almost overwhelming that you, you can't see anything. If you're in a cloud, you can't see anything but the cloud. It's like it, it, it covers all of your vision. It takes up all of your, your senses are completely uh, covered by this. You can't see anything else but the cloud. And so you can see here, this is if we fast forward, uh, this is when Solomon is king of Israel and they've, they've built the temple. So they've gone from a tent to a temple, uh, something that can be taken up and down to a place, a meeting place with God that is fixed and is permanent and is there, or semi-permanent anyway, buildings could be knocked down as happens with the temple, but they're dedicating the temple. And it says this uh, in 1 Kings 8, uh, verses 10 and 11, when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of God so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And I don't know if you've ever been in, a, in a, an environment where people have been worshipping God and actually it's just there's been a moment of just stillness. It's like we, we just need to be in God's presence. And sometimes people have expressed, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a cloud of, of God's presence here, a weight of glory. Uh, and then if we fast forward again, we can see another instance of, of cloud demonstrating glory. And it's uh, when Jesus took a, a few of his disciples on a hike and they went up to uh, the top of a mountain. Jesus took Peter, James and John uh, and he led them up. And, and he was, it says this in Matthew 17, and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, it's good we are here. If you wish, I'll make three tents, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. This idea of the cloud speaks of, of, of this closeness of God, this revelation of glory and, and sort of the presence of God. And we don't have time to look at these, but there are moments of glory and worship. The disciples worshiping, falling down there on their knees, on their faces. And um, we don't have time to look, but there are moments like that again with the cloud where um, Jesus ascended. He says he, he's taken up in the cloud. So this moment where the disciples are worshiping him because he is hidden in the cloud. And then in the future, when Jesus returns, it says he will come again on the clouds with glory. This idea of glory being revealed in the cloud and so the presence of God demonstrated through cloud carries these ideas of glory and closeness and being surrounded by God completely surrounded uh, in moments of worship I don't know if you've ever walked out in a, in a thick fog but actually you can you can't see anything you can barely see your hand in front of your face there's this idea of it it just covers everything everything is completely obscured by this cloud and the only thing that matters in that moment is is the cloud it takes up all of your all of our senses and so 
there are times when we can feel lost in the presence of God. And I don't mean lost as in what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But this moment as though everything else has fallen away. Nothing else matters except this moment between me and the Father, this closeness, this proximity, this, this, this moment of intimacy with the God of creation. It's a moment where our complete attention is focused on and consumed by this encounter with the living God. So that's what the cloud can sort of represent that, can, is a demonstration of those things. And then there's the fire. Uh, the fire is about authority and power and purification. Uh, there's a, a demonstration of authority in, in uh, later on in Kings. This is Elijah and the prophets of Baal on the on the top of Mount Carmel, and they're they're sort of having this epic duel of whose God is real, whose God is real, and and the prophets of Baal they they sort of spend all day crying out to their God, saying, you know, come on, bring fire down, bring fire down, bring fire down, and actually, nothing happens. And then Elijah, he, he gets them to pour water all over the altar again for uh, several times. And so uh, what happens is this. He then prays out, he cries out and he says, the, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water that was in the trench. He dug a trench around the altar and filled it with water like a little mini moat. And it was all burned up by the fire the judgment, the power, the demonstration of authority from God. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. There's a, a demonstration of God is authentic. Fire tests things. It, it proves authenticity. It, it refines things. When you get gold, you, you, sort of, you put it in the, the smelter and it, it sort of, the, the dross all comes to the top and then you can clean it up and what you're left with is pure. It's this, this cleaning, this cleansing fire. Um, Moses with the burning bush, you see there's a, this is moment of come, come closer, Moses, but stop. The place that you're, you, where you are is holy ground. There's this holiness of God, this purity that's being communicated through the burning bush. And there's also there a delegation of authority. Moses is commissioned by God to go and do something for God. Uh, then we fast forward to the New Testament again, and there's this moment in Acts 2 uh, where Jesus, he's, he's just told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until power has come upon them to be his witnesses. And it says this in Acts 2 uh, verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided as tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. There's, a, there's this power comes from God and indwells in his followers. There's a, a, there's a demonstration of power and, and then it, it, it lives in his followers and it enables them to speak in other languages. And so at times the, the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin it brings uh highlights areas of our lives that need to change and it, it helps us to just burn those areas out it brings that purity and there are times when it times when it brings a passion it's like oh we, we sing a song set a fire down in my soul we don't mean what do we mean by that we, it's poetic language saying oh, i want to be impassioned i want to be emboldened i want to be like, I, 
I can't sit still because there's a fire in me and I've got to go and share it with people. I've got to go and tell them all the great things that God has done for me, the good news, the, the wonderful stuff that he wants to do in their life. It brings a burning passion within us that drives us to make bold steps of faith. And it's enabled, it enables us, it empowers us, this, this presence of God within us. The Holy Spirit enables us to do those things with not just human effort, not just, oh, this is a really clever way of putting something, but actually this is the power of God being demonstrated to the world through, uh, through me, through the Holy Spirit in me. And so what's the, what's the point of this? Well, God's presence brings purpose and power and proximity. And the point, I, I don't mean the necessarily just the point, what's the point of all of this? But what's the point of meeting? In the Old Testament, it was uh, the presence of God was centered around a place, around a, a tent and then around a temple. Uh, and, but in the New Testament, things change. They, they, they change how, uh, how the, the point of meeting changes. It changes from a place to a person. Uh, and this is demonstrated through Jesus. Jesus is the person in 1 John uh, 14. It says this, the word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. That word uh, dwelt among us, that sort of phrase, it, it, it says he tabernacled amongst us, which was the name for the, the tent where Moses would meet with God. The tabernacle was where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of God was. And so Jesus is becomes the tabernacle. He is the tabernacle. He is the presence of God amongst us. Uh, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. He is the meeting place of God and humanity. He is, he is God in the flesh, the place where the glory of God, the, the power of God, the message of God, the, the grace and the truth of God meet humanity. He's the one where when we look at him, we see all of the power and grace of God on display, on display for the, for the world to see and for him to touch the world with with power and with might and demonstrate the love of God to the world. And because of Jesus's life, death, resurrection and ascension, uh, the Holy Spirit is now poured out. In John, it talks about uh, the spirit was not poured out because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So when Jesus ascended, then the Holy Spirit was poured out. Jesus speaks later on in John about it's better that I go so that the helper can come. So as Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, then the Holy Spirit is poured out onto all flesh. Jesus has made access to God's presence available, not just in a special place for special people at a special time, but for all followers of Jesus everywhere. Each individual Christian, each individual follower of Jesus is a, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, is a, is a living stone being built together as the church is, is a temple being built together, a, a temple of living stones being put together. And we each individually are part of that. We can each individually know the presence of God in us. Jesus has won for us adoption into the family of God. The, the, the Holy Spirit, when we receive it, 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 it enables us to cry out to God as our father. We can, Romans says that we can say, Abba, Father. We can pray to God as Father. We can we can come and speak to him as we would speak to a parent, as a, a loving parent. And that's, if you may not have not had very loving parents, my, I could always go and talk to my mum and dad about lots of different things. But um, I, I always knew I could go and talk to them. And it's, it's like that with God. God is even better than that. He's, 
we can always go to him because we have this spirit of adoption, a spirit of sonship in us. And so being filled enables us to live like Jesus did in, in constant communion with the Father. So that as we surrender ourselves to his plans and his purposes, we can know and follow his will. But how do we cultivate this? How do we cultivate a life that is responsive to and filled with the presence of God? Well, it will come as no surprise. There are three things we can do. Prayer, reading the Bible and active obedience. And that active obedience, Jesus said, if you ask, if you seek and if you knock, if you ask, it will be given to you. If you seek it, you will find it. If you knock, the door will be open to you. He, he's talking about fathers who, uh, human fathers, know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to his children? And we have that spirit of adoption. We are his sons and daughters. And so we can ask with confidence that we will receive. We can seek knowing that we will find. We can... We can uh, be confident that we will receive the Holy Spirit. And there's a there's a sort of an encouragement that Paul writes to self, not just be filled, but to go on being filled, to be constantly filled again and again and again. So it's not a one one and done type deal. It's a it's a moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour. God, I need more of your Holy Spirit. I need you to fill me again. I need that sort of passion to burn in me again. I've grown a bit a bit dusty and dry or I, 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 I'm, I'm not quite feeling it the way I used to help me to be reinvigorated and it's not all about emotion but actually there is something in there that, that the passion of God burns within us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and so we're going to do these three things together now we're going to pray we're going to read the Bible and we're going to actively ask so in a few minutes uh, there's going to be a chance to pray together and ask for the Holy Spirit in our breakout rooms uh, but bef and before that, uh, we're going to have some people who are going to read some psalms to us. These are uh, they're five psalms, but they're from the, the set of 15, which are called the Psalms of Ascent. And what that was, there's some debate over, was that as they ascended the steps to the temple, or was it as you were sort of coming into Jerusalem, the city of God? But we're going we're gonna to read these psalms of ascent. Some people are going to read them to us. And what these psalms did, wh whether it's the temple or the journey into Jerusalem, what these Psalms spoke of was, I'm anticipating meeting God. I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to read this and remind myself, this is the presence of God I'm coming into. And so we're going to have five people read those. If you're new and you don't want to go into a room or you'd like to sort of uh, talk to me about anything or you've got any questions from what's just been said or you're, you're new and you just want to sort of say hi then I'm going to stay in this main room and we can chat uh, or you can go into a breakout room breakout rooms will be sort of assigned by Andy in a few minutes uh, after people have read but we're going to hear from uh, a number of different people um, oh wow you've drawn i'm just being shown some coloring that lara's done that's fantastic kiddo i'll just be with you in a second okay so uh in a moment what's going to happen is andy will put you into breakout rooms but that's after people have read the psalm so first of all we're going to have gareth uh, is going to read to us psalm 121 so as these psalms are being read just just listen the words aren't going to come up on the screen maybe you want to close your eyes if you want to mute your camera or turn your camera off so that people aren't looking at you, closing your eyes, hopefully they've got their eyes closed as well, so they won't do. But that's completely up to you. But just focus your mind on God. Just think, just remind yourself, 
I'm going to meet with the living God. That's what's going to happen in a few minutes. When we go into these breakout rooms and we pray for one another, we're going to meet with the living God. That's our expectation. That's the promise that we have, we have been given through the Son. So, and if you're right to switch over to Gareth, he's going to read out for us uh, Psalm 121. Yeah, they should be able to unmute themselves and, and it should switch automatically. I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth he will not let your foot be moved he who keeps you will not slumber behold he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep the Lord is your keeper the Lord is your shade on your right hand the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Thanks, Gareth. Now we're going to go to Jade, who's going to read us, <clears throat> excuse me, Psalm 125. Just just take a second, just pause, reflect on those words, and let this next psalm uh, speak to you as well. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O oh Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O oh Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. May Israel have peace. Wonderful. Thank you, Jade. We're going to go to, to George now, who's going to read us Psalm 126 again. Just if there's something that spoke to you from that fix it in your mind just reflect on it and then uh, listen to George as he reads as well maybe pick out a verse or a particular phrase just reflect on that we're anticipating meeting the living God when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion we were like those who dreamed our mouths were filled with laughter our tongues with songs of joy then it was said among the nations the Lord has done great things for them the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Thanks, George. We're going to sort of go again to, to um, Erica, who's going to read us Psalm 130. Just keep focusing on God, anticipating that meeting. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. 
O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Yeah, that's a great verse there. We, we, our soul waits for you, it waits for you. And so we're going to go now to, to Alex, he's going to read us our last psalm, Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvellous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Thanks, guys. Prayer, reading the Bible, active obedience. We're going to be actively obedient to uh, the, the instruction to ask to receive the Spirit as we go into breakout rooms now. Andy's going to sort of just lead us through that.